The open wearing of a cross is banned by some employers. Nurses have been sacked for offering to pray with patients. And, um, and in Bristol in um, 2016, two preachers, street preachers, were actually arrested for preaching inside a shopping centre. They were tried and they were found guilty, both receiving fines and court costs of over £2,000 each. And the prosecuting barrister at the time argued, and these are his actual words, he, quote, he argued that quoting parts of the King James Bible in the context of modern British society, and these are his words, must be considered to be abusive and is a criminal matter. I know, it's surprising, isn't it? Shocking. Quoting parts of the Bible in the context of modern Britain is abusive and is a criminal matter. As it happens, most, both men were later cleared on appeal. But I think the fact that they were arrested, charged and found guilty in the first place illustrates just how opposition to the gospel has increased in our country in recent years. So what should be our reaction when confronted with intimidation or opposition? What was Nehemiah's reaction? Well, his response was threefold. There was prayer and action, there was positivity, and there was proper balance. You see that I tried my alliteration here, and uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't, thank you, John. I could not get, it took me ages to work out what the last one could be. So with, having lived in Bristol for a time, I thought proper balance would be, would be pretty good, really, to do a proper job, as they would say in Bristol. So firstly, prayer and action. Nehemiah's first act was to pray. Now notice that it wasn't I prayed, but verse 9 states that we prayed. And I think we see here some of Nehemiah's very good people management skills. It wasn't just him praying, but he took the whole of the Jews with him. They all prayed. The city residents, the workers, they all prayed with him. And their prayers were associated with action. We prayed to God and posted a guard day and night to meet this threat. I think, you know, Neymar's reaction was, was brilliant, wasn't it? It should be a lesson for all of us. He combined prayer with positive action. Note that he didn't simply say, right chaps, uh, we're going to have a prayer meeting um, and we're going we're to pray about this, then we're going to sit down, have a cup of tea and just wait for everything to happen. Not at all. Nor did he say, actually, right, we're going to act now and then think about the consequences later. It was a two-fold attack, prayer and action. And I personally don't believe there is such a thing as a passive Christian. I can't actually recall any verses in the Bible that teach us to pray and then to sit back and just wait for results to happen. There is plenty of teaching, however, that calls us to action. In James's um, letter, chapter 1, for example, we read this. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. 
Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. The message could not be clearer. Don't just listen but act. Later on in the the epistle he says this, if anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. Action then is a commandment, it's not optional. Jesus himself taught this, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. There are three distinct actions here, asking, seeking, and knocking. Again, the message could not be clearer. We must act as well as pray. And had Nehemiah just simply prayed and then sat back and waited, the walls would not have been built. Had he let the intimidation get the better of him so that he stopped working, he would have failed. But he was a real man of action. He knew what he had to do in order to fulfill God's promise. The next thing that really struck me about Nehemiah was his positive mental attitude. Now, unfortunately, this positivity was not shared by some of his fellow Jews. It says, Meanwhile, the people in Judah said, The strength of the laborers is giving out, and there is so much rubble that we cannot rebuild the wall. And the problem here is that the the Jewish people, the naysayers, if you like, who are around uh, Jeremiah, were concentrating on the wrong thing or misinterpreting what they saw in front of them. They and Nehemiah were looking at exactly the same thing. They saw rubble, he saw building materials. It's exactly the same thing, a pile of stones. But it's the way that you look at this thing that is the the total difference to the way that you react. And often I think we can be guilty, can't we, of looking at problems and only seeing problems not actually seeing solutions or not not seeing the way around a particular problem. All we can see sometimes is the tree trunk in front of our face and not the beauty of the woodland around us. And I don't apologise for using another timber reference. I remember being on a a beach mission team in Bude in the early 1980s and... um, The wind on this particular day was coming off the sea so strongly you could hardly stand up. Typical English summer weather, really, certainly in Cornwall. And we were having a a gathering immediately before our um, beach service in the afternoon with with the leadership team. And um, prayer after prayer after prayer was asking God to take the wind away. We were just concentrating on the wind. It was a huge problem for everybody, this wind. And then somebody in the, um, in, in the team stood up and prayed in a very loud voice and thanked God for the wind. 
And the, his reasoning was that the wind would take the message much further than it normally would because it was so strong. And that more people would hear about God's word than if there was no wind at all. And I can tell you that the team, we were all, it was, it was like, you know, how you sort of you get a rugby team or something racing out onto the field or about to sort of, we were just so energized because of it. And we had the best crowd of the whole fortnight that day. It was an amazing time. And that's looking at exactly the same situation, but in a very, very different attitude. So Nehemiah had a real balancing act to pull off. He had to keep the work on the wall going. He had to maintain morale. He had to show his enemies that he was not intimidated. And he had to keep the people of Judah safe. That's quite a, quite a balancing act, isn't it? I mean, some might say it's just an ordinary day on a building site, but I know I said it was proper balance. And so the key to his success was balancing productivity with security. And I'm afraid my slide, which should have, should have had these on, on, on different sides, so they balanced each other, has failed. So I apologize for that anyway. Hopefully that won't detract. So half the men did the work. Half were equipped with weapons. Balanced. One hand to carry materials, the other hand to carry a weapon. Again, balanced. They were building the wall, but they had a sword by their side. They were workers by day, they were guards by night. A perfect project plan. Notice the P's there, Jean? Just two other things that I would just, just, just bring out. The trumpeter stayed with Nehemiah the whole time. Now, if you imagine the walls of Jerusalem, the, the would, people were not, there were not that many people, so the work would have been spread out at different parts of the wall. Presumably, where there was the, the most damage, they would be building those first. So there wasn't a continuous band of people around the walls. So the sound of the trumpet would signal that everyone was to congregate at that point and to fight. So when push came to shove, everybody had to pull their weight. There was no shirking. There was no hiding behind a pile of rubble or building materials, depending on your point of view. And lastly, I think they, um, they actually must have been quite smelly. Because um, we read in verse 23 that neither I nor my brothers nor my men nor the guards with me took off our clothes. Each had his weapon, even when he went for water. So, um, yeah, probably not best to be around there too long. So to conclude, I, I, I just love this story. I don't know whether you can tell or not. But it's, it's a brilliant example of how, as people of God, we should behave when intimidated. Nehemiah exhibited true God-given wisdom when he was confronted by what should have been overwhelming opposition. He prayed. He acted. He was hugely positive, And he came up with a project plan that was perfectly balanced. He kept the people of Judah on board and hard at work and resisted the intimidation of Sanballat and his crowd. But most importantly, 
God's work was able to continue. The wall was being rebuilt against almost impossible odds. So what can we take away from this today? How should we react when we're intimidated? Well, we should certainly pray. That should be our number one thing that we do. If it's possible to pray, to pray with others, then we should pray with others. But this prayer should be accompanied by action. I really believe we should not just be simply passive. And we also need to look at things with a positive mental attitude, seeking a way forward and not just looking at pitfalls. We also need to balance our response and think carefully how best we can act in the situation we find ourselves in. Seek God's wisdom in our decision-making. And through all the rebuilding, Nehemiah stood strong, didn't he? He was not to be put off. And I think we should be the same. And I'm going to leave you with a, um, a verse that... Uh, it's actually my, my favourite verse in the whole Bible. Um, and I think it sums up what our attitude should be. It was actually one of the verses given to my grandfather as he left to fight in the First World War at the Battle of the Somme. And he actually gave it to me written in the front of a Bible as I went to boarding school. Not that I want to say that they're the same thing. Please, please don't get me wrong. And it's 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. Now, this is actually in the Revised Standard Version, which is, which is how I first remembered it. So this is the version that means the most to me. So apologies for that if, if you don't like that version. And it's this, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Amen.